This is the Hindu on Books, a weekly podcast from India's national newspaper on the latest and the best from the world of literature. We have on this podcast today Ambassador Syed Akbaruddin who used to be a diplomat officially and he is now an author and a teacher. As a diplomat he has served India in many countries and at various positions and uh, in its most significant and consequential avatar i would say he was india's permanent representative at the united uh, to the united nations so he has a new book which is a gripping account of a particular episode of indian diplomacy and a very successful episode which was the election of uh, justice uh, Dalveer Bhandari as a judge of the International Court of Justice and this book which is titled India versus UK the story of an unprecedented diplomatic win is about that particular episode and uh, unlike a lot of uh, memoirs of uh, career diplomats the sharp focus on one particular episode and the building of the narrative and the storytelling a lot of factors that make this book unique the theme being one of them rather than i trying to explain what the book is and the content is i will have this conversation with uh, ambassador akbaruddin welcome ambassador to this show on the hindu f- uh, podcast well guys thank you very much uh, for that gracious introduction um, i don't think uh, that um, all that you said uh, i deserve but i'm grateful to you for that introduction thank you ambassador again for joining uh, us so this book is a chronological uh, account i would say because you give dates and events of uh, how things are uh, evolving uh, actually over 22 months which is starting from 19 february 2016 to 20th november 2017 which is r- almost two third of your tenure as india's uh, pr at un if uh, i am not mistaken uh, yes approximately so uh, let, actually less than uh, 50% uh, because i went there in january uh, 2016 and this uh, ended in uh, 2017 november also right uh, so yeah yeah it is less than half sorry i i think i i miscalculated the thing so 2017 is when india actually successfully uh, contested this uh, seat at the icj the international court of justice and uh, you say in the book that uh, we were not very sure about contesting uh, this election at all uh, the decision was taken slightly late in the day uh, it was uh, one was not very sure about actually getting into the fray could you recall that uh, confusion if i may call it or the, uh, the 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 doubts that you and your colleagues had uh, ahead of that crucial decision to actually contest so yes uh, it took us a long time to decide whether we should contest or not in fact uh, i would suggest that uh, it took us uh, almost uh, 15 months or so before we even came to a conclusion that we should contest this election and that was because uh, never before in our own history uh, when a judge was elected for a, a shorter than full term did india contest again um, so that was one factor 
The other factor was that we were contesting many other elections at the same time uh, to the Law of the Seas Tribunal, to the International Law Commission, etc., etc. Um, and the general feeling in India was that the ICJ is a distant body. Uh, it has no direct implications for India's national interest. And therefore, perhaps it was not required that we contest again. Of course, things changed very dramatically after uh, Indian foreign policy took a change uh, which was unique. That was to go to the ICJ uh, to contest the uh, uh, verdict given in Pakistan against Kulbushan Jadav. That's right. And this was the first time that India actually approached the ICJ uh, on bilateral issues. Usually, India is averse to taking bilateral issues to multilateral fora. But here uh, was a change in Indian approach to foreign policy issues relating to Pakistan. We decided there was an opportunity that we could take this case, uh, use a multilateral body and use a multilateral commitment of Pakistan to stall the uh, execution of the death sentence against uh, Kulbushan Jadav. In that, uh, once we did that, we immediately realized that the ICJ was not a very far body. It impinged on India's national interest. And therefore, we changed course midway and decided that Judge Bhandari should contest again. So that's the change both in terms of Indian foreign policy and the consequential change in terms of our own approach to the election to the ICJ. So the Kulbushan Jadav case was a kind of the uh, of a, a, a tipping point that uh, uh, doubters were all on board that, okay, this is something that we must do within the Indian policy making uh, mechanism. Yes, that's right. Uh, those who were thinking uh, otherwise felt now uh, we can't uh, uh, give up a seat which we held for some time in the face of such major issue coming up before the ICJ. Uh, of course, India would have had an alternate judge there, but an alternate judge is not the same as a judge who is permanently on the ICJ. So we, uh, there was considerable rethinking and the ultimate decision was, yes, we would contest for the ICJ again. So even after the decision was taken, uh, there were doubters, there were skeptics. You are citing a very interesting comment that uh, an unnamed colleague seems to have made. What is your exit strategy from this disaster? So uh, people thought that, okay, this was a little too ambitious a project uh, to take up. That's right. It was a high risk venture because... Uh, other countries had been canvassing for their candidates for almost a year. And we had even decided this a year later. And of course, what happens in the meantime is everybody concludes that India is not in the fray. Now, we had only a few months after that decision to go and request people for votes. So obviously, uh, there will be skeptics who will question this. And I must confess, I myself wasn't too certain whether this was the right decision uh, after such a long time. If there was an even playing field, we could have easily won this if we had contested, announced the candidature when all others did so. Since we hadn't done this, it was a very high-risk venture. And 
as is happens in all establishments there will be people who will immediately uh, consider what should be the way out because this looks like something that is not a feasible proposition what was your own uh, uh, assessment of the situation when were you one of the people uh, who said that this is worth doing and uh, there are i mean the chances of we winning this contest is quite high that was your assessment and advice no um, uh, as i said i would have easily considered it to be winnable if we began when i requested for permission which was in february 20 sorry 2016 however i didn't get a reply and in fact i got many no replies in the sense that that we are not contesting it for over 14 15 months and therefore when we reversed course i knew we were going to reverse course because the situation was developing in the hague in a manner that anybody who was reading it would understand that the uh, circumstances have changed uh, but i felt that this would be a extremely difficult task but having got instructions and clear instructions from the highest levels that this was key for us uh, like a good soldier i decided that we must put in our best and there was no more an exit strategy for me unlike for others who were on bystanders and who could afford the luxury of an exit for me it was just a do or die situation all right okay just one more question on that particular point about uh, the decision making so even after the decision to uh, go in for the contest was taken the people who still had doubts included a union minister according to your account am i right yes that's right um, it's normal again uh, for people to have different views and there was a very senior union minister who actually reprimanded me and uh, in uh, some of those uh, episodes when your narrative you are careful not to name people i think in those aspects i think you still remain very much a diplomat rather than a tell all storyteller so i must acknowledge this is not a tell all story because i don't know all i know i don't know all i am only seeing it from a uh, one perch and i have tried to give a flavor and a honest account of all that i saw uh, at times it does indicate that our decision making was slow uh, at times it also indicates that individuals rose up and um outdid themselves in putting in their effort so it's a, a true it's a true story uh, it is factually i have checked it against all the records that i kept uh, yes in some cases i felt that it may not be appropriate uh, to um, uh, tell who said it but i have faithfully uh, conveyed the gist of that conversation because who told doesn't matter but what the thinking they reflect matters and that's important and in this case as i said a senior uh, minister um, mentioned this to me and that's you need to understand that that was the thinking in very senior circles also and i leave it at that perfect okay that is understandable now if any observer of indian diplomacy were to be asked okay name say five friends of india Uh, in the in on the global stage i doubt anybody would name uzbekistan of all countries so how is it that uzbekistan becomes the first 
pledged water uh, for this pursuit of India. So you're absolutely right. Uh, it came as a surprise to all of us. Uh, we were actually, we hadn't even announced our uh, candidature formally. We had begun quiet soundings because we were in the throes of another election. Now, uh, it happened that I was assured that this candidature would be taken up at the highest levels by all our leaders. Uh, and lo and behold, one day the Uzbek uh, permanent representative came over, uh, requested for a short meeting and he came over quickly and mentioned to me that Prime Minister Modi had in fact met their president at an SEO meeting uh, in, uh, uh, in Kazakhstan and had requested uh, re- and had requested the Uzbek president that uh, uh, they support uh, the Indian candidate. Now, at that stage, we hadn't announced that Judge Bhandari would be seeking re-election. It could have been any candidate, but uh, the Uzbek uh, president, who was actually um, uh, still uh, new in his um, uh, seat, uh, gladly agreed. Uh, mentioned that India and uh, Uzbekistan had great ties and immediately instructed his permanent representative in New York to go and meet me and communicate uh, unfettered support to India's candidate because even they didn't know who India's candidate was. For them, India mattered more than the candidate. So uh, it was unique. It Gave, it was a big moral booster for us uh, to think that this candidacy was uh, off for the ICJ was being uh, led at very senior levels. And then, how did it evolve? Went from how did it go from there? Uh, when you are approaching countries for support, uh, you are getting uh, Judge Dalvir uh, Bhandari to meet with people uh, in, in in New York. Uh, what was the response that you were getting, and also the 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 P five, the permanent representative, sorry, the permanent members of the UNSC, uh, while they might be at loggerheads with one another on various issues, on this particular question, there appears to be a, 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 a unity among all of them to protect their uh, patch. Is that how it? Uh, it, 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 it appeared before you? Uh, yes. Um, so two things we uh, were confronted with. Many countries all said, look, we may have made commitments already because uh, you've come in very late. Uh, so our argument to that was, look, we are not asking for one. You have five votes, give us one. And that brought a comfort level to them that, okay, and our argument was in five, India would figure as one. So don't take it as you've already committed five, you could have committed two, three, four, but please give us one. That was one thinking. Now, as regards the permanent members, they were pretty clear that they would only support their own, especially in the Security Council. It was like the three musketeers, all for one, one for all, even though uh, outside in the outside world, uh, everybody was talking of the differences between uh, say, UK and Russia, uh, US and China, US and Russia. So all these differences were 
publicly known. Yet, on that one issue, the P5 were as united as ever. And they all told us repeatedly, look, uh, we are committed by a long-standing, unwritten agreement that we support each other. So, if you have a clash with any of us, we just can't support you. Even though, in some cases, their bilateral ties with us may have been better than their bilateral ties with any of the other candidates from the P5 countries. That is very instructive of how the world order functions and uh, how the P5 uh, countries look after and uh, look after, rally behind one another to protect their interests. So what does this episode tell, about, tell us about our ambitions? Uh, because uh, this is not the last thing that we wanted to do on the world stage we want india wants to be a permanent member of the unsc india wants to be a member of other international bodies and uh, governance uh, inst- governance institutions uh, in a more active role so this episode the fact that you have written an entire book on that one episode rather than your career which is actually spans many other issues and many other places and uh, questions the very fact that you focused your entire this book uh, on that particular episode is perhaps because of it tells a larger story of uh, how the existing superpowers m- might be thinking about India's uh, role in the world and India's ambitions to have a bigger, larger role? So you're right. Uh, it's true that uh, some among the P5 felt we were disruptors. We were disrupting the established order and some were actively opposed to us. However, there were some who were also tacit in their support but did were not forthcoming because of their commitments to a what they saw as a bigger cause. That is the unity of the global order as it exists today. So what does it teach us? It teaches us Let's not put all eggs in one basket. The the big and the great are important, but so are the not so great and the not so big because uh, they uh, form the base of our global support. So it's good that we engage with the big, uh, we work with the great, but let's not forget our very many friends Uh, who are neither big nor great, uh, but they are our friends. And their support will be key as India uh, goes up and rises on the global uh, stage. Right. So the the support that you got from uh, the not-so-big, not-so-great superpowers of the world, uh, that is the most encouraging component of this entire experience. Is that what you say this thing? Uh, Yes, but it also tells us that uh, we are on the right path in engaging others Uh, because uh, if we had felt that uh, let's now move on, we are a big country, we only believe in hard power, uh, we we need to, we are on the high table, etc. It doesn't pay because those on the high table will always be reluctant to make space for others. That we made space in this that we made space in this particular instance was not because of them, but in spite of them. 
so if India has to rise, it will have to rise of its own volition, not because of the assistance of those who feel that there is space on the big table, we will invite you. Nobody does that. Uh, this is hard, uh, hard-nosed real politic, and we need to be uh, understanding of the situation and act accordingly. Right. Now, uh, now that uh, of uh, all the interesting stories that you have uh, come across in your uh, diplomatic career, this book covers only, as we discussed, 22 months and one particular uh, story of success. What is the next book that you are planning? I am assuming that you have more books in the pipeline. Um, you uh, remind me of my publisher who is already asking me for the next one. But to be fair, uh, I haven't thought of it. Um, if I do write anything, it will be with the goal that stories need to be told because institutions need to uh, uh, understand where they have gone right and where they may not have chosen uh, the correct path uh, because uh, transparency and uh, good practices should be uh, enshrined and practices which may not yield uh, good results need also to be brought to uh, the fore so that the same mistakes are not committed. So if I ever do anything uh, in my next venture, that will remain my uh, touchstone that uh, stories uh, need to be told so that institutions can grow. Right. I mean, unlike the most of the books written by uh, diplomats, this is a story in the sense that one story uh, narrated well and, uh, and that is a conscious decision you took rather than giving a, 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 a catalog of lessons learned or strategic wisdom, you chose to tell a story. Is that, was that a conscious decision that you took uh, while approaching this uh, topic and uh, thought about uh, telling the story? Right. So it's true that I felt that if we have to lead, reach larger audiences, we have to make foreign policy issues more comprehensible. Uh, uh, we can, of course, uh, limit ourselves to abstract concepts of balance of power, collective security, sovereignty, equality, etc. But then it will cater to sort of the same audience which understands foreign policy. But today, foreign policy is impinging on ordinary people in very many ways that it had not impinged in the past. Um, so I felt that could I make it more human? After all, uh, international relations is also about people. They are ordinary people who toil and give their best. Sometimes they succeed, sometimes they don't succeed. But it's important to bring that human story out so that others beyond the realm of diplomacy also understand what is at stake. Okay, so my final question is, what do you like more, being a teacher or being a diplomat? <laughs> so uh, many years ago, my parents were both uh, academics. Uh, they were professors in Hyderabad. And, and your father I was a vice chancellor. That's right. And my, my mother was a professor of English. I had thought that I should move out of that circle and go out into the wider world. 
And so I became a diplomat. I didn't stay in Hyderabad or even visited for more than a few days for over 35 years. But I don't know whether it's genetic or for whatever reason, the wheel has come full circle. I have returned to Hyderabad like Rip Van Winkle, suddenly seeing all these different places spring up, uh, the city booming. And I've got back to an area which I never thought I would be uh, associated with, uh, academics. Um, It's only been a journey of about three months or four months, whereas my career as a diplomat was for more than three and a half decades. Uh, There is no comparison in this time frame. So I will leave that for a later uh, occasion when I can have a comparison which is on an equal footing. But you like being a teacher at the moment? Uh, Of course, uh, teaching uh, is something uh, that uh, is um, uh, perhaps... uh, what you can give back to society in some small ways uh, where for the many who have invested in uh, people like me over gen- um, over a lifetime and if I can in small ways help out the young, the next generation, it's a satisfying thing. Uh, after all, uh, I, uh, I can say I've been there, done that, but I haven't done teaching. So for me, it's a very satisfying experience. Great. So thank you, Ambassador Akbaruddin, for this very delightful conversation and many congratulations for this uh, fantastic book. I think uh, uh, people who are interested in diplomacy will definitely find this valuable or anybody who is interested in reading a good story of current affairs uh, will love this uh, book. And there are hardly any books, a book that is written with such flair and detail and, uh, and the kind of wisdom and scholarship that uh, these books uh, bring to us. Thank you again for joining uh, the Hindu on this discussion and uh, look forward to your next book. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you very much, Vergis, for that gracious conclusion. Thank you for listening to The Hindu on Books. You can now find The Hindu's podcasts such as In Focus and Parley on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other major platforms. Write to us with comments and feedback at SOCMED4, S-O-C-M-E-D-4 at the rate thehindu.co.in. 